Health Unwrapped is the conversation you need to hear to enhance your well-being from the experts at BioGlan. We'll be talking about trending health topics and ways you can make a difference to your health with leading experts discussing the latest developments in dietary supplements and, of course, natural foods. I'm your host, Natalie Silverman, host of the Fertility Podcast, and I'll be taking you on your wellness journey. With digestive issues, we see at the gut side as well. It's, there's a younger kind of worried well audience that come at us from a well-being perspective. And, and the other half is people that already have digestive issues. And actually, I think those two people are starting to marry together a bit. And there's kind of a middle ground of actually, is there things that I could be doing in case I get ill? So welcome to a brand new series of Health Unwrapped from Biogland. And I'm very excited to be welcoming Alana and Lisa, a.k.a. The Mac Twins, who are the co-founders of The Gut Stuff. And this episode is going to be in two parts, where first up, you're going to hear all about Alana and Lisa's life as twins, what they were doing before they started getting more focused and interested in their gut health. And then in part two, the girls will start to myth bust more about all the stuff you might have heard. Ladies, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having us. Well, it's lovely to have you. We're talking very early in the morning. <laughs> in terms of, you know, how you feel first thing in the morning, are you generally up breakfast straight away? Um, Alana is, uh, but I am usually grumpy for a long time. And <laughs> but actually, I've been getting, since I got we got a puppy, and it's actually, I get, we get up at about six every morning. Um, and yeah, I usually have a few motivational texts from Alana slash get on the peloton, hurry up, we've got work to do. So yeah, <laughs> I'm getting better. <laughs> Let's start right at the beginning then, because it's quite remarkable what you've both been doing. How did your gut health journey begin? And um, basically we were DJs before. Um, was everyone like, was that the hobby? I'm like, no, that was <laughs> the full-time job. So obviously um, living quite a hedonistic lifestyle, late nights, early mornings, um, and we have always been kind of fascinated by kind of physiologically what's different between us um, and couple this with the fact that I was supposed to go and do medicine at uni, I went to drama school and Alana was meant to do business and law and went off to be a dancer. Um, so, so we kind of always had an interest in stuff, but twin research, basically, uh, we used to go there because you get every type of test manageable, manageable because they... they basically study twins because uh, twins are a great con- um, constant for scientific research. Um, so we go there and you get like your bone density and mental dexterity. Uh, mine's is a bit <laughs> lacklustre this morning, but I'll wake up in a minute. Um, and uh, yeah, and Tim Spector, so the American Gut Project just happened where they realised they could use um, the same technology that they sequence DNA to sequence your gut microbiome. And we were like, what do you mean our gut? Like our beer bellies? <laughs> we were like, sort of. Um, so our baseline knowledge was on the floor. But anyway... Long story short, we were the first twins to ever take part in the study. Uh, We had to send off our poo every day in the post for two months. We had to have colonoscopies, which we didn't quite realise how invasive they were until we had to sign the waiver form. And I was like, what on earth is this? And I'm like, oh yeah, it's a camera up your bum, okay. (laughs) And the doctor was really hot as well, which I was furious about. So we we text Tim Spector and we're like, if you get nothing out of this, that doctor was really hot and would be absolutely raging. And he was like, just wait till we get the results. Um, So yeah, anyway, it turns out we obviously have 100% the same DNA, but only... Uh, 30 to 40 percent the same microbiome so essentially the same as strangers and um, so this obviously meant a few things it meant it, you could change the makeup of your microbiome within the time frame in which we were doing the experiment which was um four weeks on one diet and eight weeks on another and also that it wasn't 
you know, that, that everyone was different and each gut was unique. It happened at a bit of a perfect storm where people were finding what to eat on Instagram or having really restricted diets because that worked for one person. So we just wanted to create a website and somewhere where we could put all the interesting research we were going, uh, we were going through. And then that's the long and short of it, really. We started off with a YouTube series um, interviewing some of the top scientists and then six episodes turned into 36 episodes. They, we only called it the gut stuff because our friends were like, one minute you're interviewing people on the Brits red carpet and the next minute you're at Reading University talking talk about probiotics, what is going on? And <laughs> so yeah, yeah, and then that, that's how the gut stuff was born. So yeah, uh, long, strange, but yeah, I think we're kind of meant to be here journey. Did you quite quickly realise that there was quite a lot of myth busting that needed to be addressed in, in the industry and also in kind of how we interpret what we hear? Yeah, definitely. I think as well, like by the time that the information gets from the scientists, the general public, it's gone through several fil several filters of like commercialism, firstly, um, potentially, you know, sensationalist media. And it tends to be quite biased by the time it gets down to us. So we were like, let's create a direct line between the scientists and the Joe public so that everyone's able to navigate new products uh, and new ideas and stuff that come out. Because actually people want a really, they, people have a really binary relationship with food. Um, so it's good food, bad foods. Um, and same with science, like good science, bad science. Whereas actually, um, you know, it's all a bit more nuanced than that. So we had to give everyone the information, whether it is to do with the efficacy of products or anything else or what diet they should or shouldn't be eaten and let them decide for themselves because if we have as identical twins can't be sold the same diet then then no one can so i think as well like there is so much nonsense out there like we've kind of we come from working class scotland and it's health is just not being ill and well-being is something that Gwyneth Paltrow talks about you there wasn't any um you know talk of gone baths or yoga classes <laughs> and i think that whole well-being piece is something that is quite new to everyone and Actually, there's a lot, it's an industry that's built for people that, you know, that it's an aspirational industry. So that's expensive products, it's, you know, retreats and things like that. Whereas actually, um, it should be for everyone and everyone deserves to feel good and everyone deserves to know about, you know, preventative healthcare and how to look after themselves. And actually, when we were speaking to all the scientists, a lot of the stuff they were talking about, you know, around fiber and things like that, none of it was like this nonsense, woo-woo, magic bullet, stuff um it was just really simple everyday things to swap into your life so that was kind of i guess like the fire the kind of purpose fire in our belly that we wanted to get across to people that actually a lot of the products and stuff that were coming into the market and ideas it wasn't representative of things that everyone could have access to um, yeah. so yeah so that's kind of why we started I think as well, I think it's about that sort of change in behaviour piece. Like when we were growing up, you know, eating healthily, you did that two weeks before you went on holiday to look good. And actually, yeah. you know what I mean? You know, we did like the cabbage soup diet pre-Magalus pre 2005. <laughs> um, and then and then drank 17 litres of vodka when we got there for two weeks. You know what I mean? Um, but I think it's about, you know, people see dieting, dieting as restriction or that it's so intrinsically linked with the way they look or weight loss. And actually gut health is really t about turning that on its head and things thinking about the inside out rather than you know the outside in yeah would you say that's the most valuable thing that you kind of learned along the way that it's it's a lifestyle change it's not a quick fix totally and I, I think you know we all want that magic bullet or a magic pill for for good health and it just doesn't exist and it's about consistency and and the idea of you know 
adding things in instead of restricting everything, um, I think is one of the key things that we've sort of learned along the way. Now, you touched on before about how, you you know, you, sh- you share 100% of your DNA, but only 30% of the same gut bacteria. Was that quite mind blowing when you actually started to drill down into what it meant? It kind of made sense, didn't it, Alana? Because like, we'd had... <laughs> completely different health pathways growing up. So Alana had arthritis, for example, and when we started to reach our late teens, I got really bad acne and Alana didn't. And we couldn't really work out, obviously, why that was. And actually, it was kind of like a a missing piece in our lives. And even for like the doctors, when Alana had arthritis when we were younger, they just couldn't work out because it wasn't hereditary because I didn't have it. Um, And it kind of made a lot of things click into place, I guess. And there was, you know, even then I was always a stone heavier than Alana, not to, you know, we don't usually talk about the weight thing, but that was one of the main things, even when they put us on the same diet and couldn't really work out why. And it could potentially be to do them with the makeup of our gut bacteria, but there were so many other things that were like, oh yeah, that might be why, that might be why. So I think it was, yeah, and it was quite a kind of liberating thing, I guess, because, you know, we'd, people compare us all the time. And um, so it was nice to know that at least our gut bacteria are, are our own. <laughs> Just go in a bit more detail with the gut bacteria because I've only recently learned about microbiome and it's fascinating, but it's also quite bewildering. Can you try and explain it, seeing as I know that you kind of nailed making things much more easy to understand what it kind of is all about? Yeah, I think as well, even the word microbiome is quite an alienating thing because it does, Mm. of course, sound really sciencey and it doesn't really, you know, it doesn't explain much, just the name, but essentially we've got uh, when we're talking about the microbiome, we're talking about um, all the bacteria, viruses, pathogens, uh, fungi that live in, around, and on us. Um, they, we've got the same amount of them as that we have human cells, if not more. Uh, scientists are arguing about, <laughs> about that every day. Um, but most of them live within our large intestine, and they're really clever. They're probably arguably more clever than our human cells. Uh, And they do everything from regulating our hormones to regulating blood sugar levels. They talk to our immune cells. They're super smart little guys. And we didn't, we knew bits and bobs about them, but we didn't know firstly how they interact with each other and then how they interact with us and our our kind of human cells. And scientists are starting to uncover that, which is why people are talking about it more. They can work for us and against us, but they want to work for us. Like they're on our team, essentially. Uh, But they're there and we need to start thinking about them. I think as well, I think that's what makes it slightly I mean there's lots of things that make gut health complicated the personalization of it the words the fact that the science is still really new but you know when we talk about gut health we are talking about the microbiome we come across so many buyers and we were the same like what is your gut people automatically think it's it's their stomach and it's not it's actually everything from your mouth to your bum um so you know there's just so much it's such a complex topic and a complex area of science and you know that's what we've really been trying to do the gut stuff is trying to yeah just demystify a lot of it and just bring people the facts when we were first speaking to the scientists we were like pretend we're toddlers what do you mean (laughs) simple as possible yeah exactly (laughs) what would you say then are the most common questions that you get are they are people becoming more aware and so asking more about their microbiome or is it just why is my poo so weird yeah (laughs) it's mostly um can i eat gluten and dairy that's a big one it's kind of the stuff that you, you know that and I think that's obviously the food industry that that's why those questions come to the forefront because people assume that they have to take those things out because when they think about gut health people are in the mindset of detox and cleansing and all that sort of thing so they're thinking of it as a single thing or a product or something that is going to cleanse their gut which just doesn't exist and um, bloating we get asked loads about 
Um, IBS, uh, of course, is on the rise and a lot of people are being, you know, failed by our healthcare system when it comes to nutrition. Um, and that's not anyone's fault. It's just because doctors don't have to have even one hour of nutrition. Um, so we've built a healthcare system that has that gap. And unfortunately, that gap in the past has been a very expensive one. And nutritionists at the minute are expensive to see and we're trying to just democratise that information. Do you think there's been more of an awareness in the importance of it? Obviously, you've now kind of been going for a couple of years. You've got an amazing following online, which shows that there's such an interest in it. And do you think that it's becoming a more normal conversation, something that we we can all have access to rather than like you were just saying, only if you've got money to spend on it, you can? Yeah, I think we went through the first studies, you know, over five years ago now and the gut stuff's been going since 2017 and you know we've seen the journey of you know the wave of interest you know everything from you seeing it in print you know what people are talking about on Instagram and mostly our friends and family not just going what the hell are you two talking about (laughs) they're sort of starting to hear it from other people now as well or see it in you know mainstream media and I think yeah we've definitely seen that that journey and it's really exciting to see more and more people talking about it and yeah not just going what like on our Facebook personal Facebooks I'm sure you know when we first started the gut stuff people are like what is going on and now they're like oh I get it now I get it cool I think as well like everyone's starting to accept that the conversation's moving away from like flatter tummy happier you actually the world is becoming I think with COVID it's it's meant that this had to happen that the sheen has to be taken off these things and people are starting to talk about it in a lot more of a realistic way and it should be like an inspirational conversation rather than an aspirational thing you know there's something else that lives inside us um, yeah. that we're able to influence in a really positive way. And I think that that shift in conversation has helped as well because it's it's taken people's mindsets out of detoxing. And obviously, you know, we're talking whilst in the UK, we are still in lockdown of sorts. We've had obviously things released, but we're still very much restricted. And I think our whole awareness of our well-being because of what's literally hits in the face has has really had to turn more inward, hasn't it, to see what we can take responsibility for? Yeah, definitely. I think as well, people are starting to think about preventative healthcare. Yeah, and and seeing that everything's kind of linked, you know, it's and having maybe a more of a holistic approach. I think when you have something like that virus, that is always, you know, like the kind of silent lurker there. You want to arm your body in the best way possible if something like that comes along. And I think before, especially at our age, with digestive issues, we see the gut stuff as well. It's, there's a younger kind of worried well audience that come at us from a wellbeing perspective. And, and the other half is people that already have digestive issues. And actually, I think those two people are starting to marry together a bit. And there's kind of a middle ground of actually, is there things that I could be doing in case I get ill? And I think surprisingly, that's it's quite new for everyone. But I think we have to be careful. You know, we've been having to be really careful over the past few months because, you know, a lot of people are saying, you know, 70% of your immune system is housed in your gut. And, and yeah, that's all true. Um, but we have to be really careful not to say, you know, just have a bit of sauerkraut and you're not going to catch COVID. Um, so we have to I mean we've had it we had it really early on and you know it was pretty grim and you know we would say that our gut health hopefully would be would be tip top but yes it's but I think people are starting to think about just their health in general rather than you know like helping symptoms when they have disease yeah now I know you've said on your Instagram you've got some exciting announcements to kind of share so obviously you can't 
tell me too much, but you, you've worked with Biogland before on the first Gut Stuff pop-up on Old Street in London. And I'm just keen if you can tell us a bit more about the pop-ups and supper clubs that Gut Stuff hosts and, and if possible, maybe some upcoming plans. Obviously, things have changed quite significantly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> remember, remember events. Oh, yeah, <laughs> remember when we used to see each other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How Old Street came about was, when we first started the Gut Stuff, the kind of concept of supper clubs was actually quite new. And it was like, either we were going to our pals, Dragon Smoke Supper Club, and having deep fried Scottish food and drinking all of the whiskey <laughs> there must be drunk <laughs> or we were going to like gut hell supper clubs and having a bit of sauerkraut and getting fish and chips on the way home because we were starving and we were like <laughs> actually there's somewhere in between and people are kind of really we realised that a lot of the conversations we were having around gut health ironically and who were around the dinner table with our pals and we were like people are actually really malleable in that state when they're eating um, to talk about stuff like that, which was a bit of a surprise. So yeah, we started supper, yeah. supper clubs. Um, our first one, it was basically my mum and all our pal, all our pals, and a couple of random. It was a, it was a, um, the Edinburgh Festival, then, was it not? Yeah, we started them in London, and Time Out had said they were one of the best things to do in London, which I think probably surprised people. <laughs> so we started selling out 120 people um, at these supper clubs, which was amazing. But then we were like, actually, we want to we want to reach more people, and then. Basically, long story short, Old Street phoned us up and we're like, hiya, we want like brand, young brands with purpose and Old Street stations take over. Uh, we think your brand's really cool. Do you want to do it? And I was like, yeah. Our commercial director was like, Lisa, well, what are you doing? I was like, yeah, we'll do it. We'll just take over the station. Um, so yeah, so Bioglan and four other brands joined us. It was amazing. And we actually, the footfall, obviously, at Old Street is incredible. But one of the best things about it was... Um, you know, people that hadn't heard about gut health. We had a guy coming in in his 40s and just burst into tears when he came into the space because he was like, I've had IBS for ages. You know, it stopped me going to work. It's really debilitating. And it's just amazing to see people recognising and talking about that. Basically, we were doing the Love Island tour at the time as well. So we had four gigs that week. So we would go to Old Street 7 to 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. And then get on a flight, go on stage at one in the morning, get a flight back and be back in Old Street for 7 a.m. So wow. the experience was kind of a bit of a blur, but I think it did go really well. And with that in mind, that kind of lifestyle, yet you're promoting this important element, yet you're maybe not always able to eat the things that you might want to. How hard was it to maintain, you know, when you were still juggling everything? Yeah, I mean, we, de- we definitely didn't practice what we preached at that time. And um, it got to a point... You know, it's sort of, yeah, the end of last year, we were like, we can't live like this anymore. Like, we were just, it was fast and furious and it was an amazing time. But yeah, we we certainly weren't practicing what we were preaching. But that being said, you know, eating more fibre, having variety, all that sort of thing definitely helped get us through that time, that really busy time. And we're, we're so grateful for it. And we had to, you know, it's like any new business or any any startup, you've, you've got to do another job to fund you know yeah. setting that up and um but we're we're sort of a bit grateful now that the DJ is we're starting to retire from that it was great in our <laughs> 20s but um we basically yeah. say to our agent can we be in bed by midnight <laughs> <laughs> and if that's, if that's or and can we take our pals it's like regressing back to when we first had to have our hands held in the <laughs> yeah but it's brilliant that you're in a position now to prioritize what you feel is important especially with your health isn't it absolutely and I think yeah, it's I got about... to the point as well sorry Bob our white blood cells and our platelets were really low and you know our cortisol levels were through the roof and I was just like at what point does this have to stop is it like one of us collapsing that we have to do this but I actually think because everyone calls us Duracell bunnies who always got so much energy and I think we wouldn't have got through that time if we hadn't been looking after our gut health for sure have you got a go-to 
kind of gut health recipe or tip that you just know if you need, not that we want a quick fix. Just up in your fibre. I think even in lockdown, I became more conscious of how much I wasn't getting my 30 grams a day. And I, you know, you're starting to look at, look at it and think about more what I'm eating and cooking more from scratch. I mean, Lisa's a really good cook. I am absolutely terrible. Um, <laughs> and in lockdown, I've, I've really been trying best, but my best with it. But I think that is, yeah, the, we all are eating fiber it's not you know an alien concept or something that we've never tried before we just need to have more um and it's so easily accessible it's you know simple things like keeping the skins on your fruit and veg swapping white white bread or pasta or rice for brown and it's just making those simple swaps and I think when it comes to you know changing lifestyle it can't be an overhaul 180 it has to be simple swaps and the good thing about fiber is that is exactly what you need to do to try and reach those 30 grams I think it's something that the clearer you explain it like you just did people are like oh okay it's not like just all bran or you know <laughs> yeah. 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 Prince. yeah that's what yeah. Grandma grandma Jim used to always say yeah. like yeah makes me go yeah. <laughs> my, my grandma was the same so we're going to leave it there with Alana and Lisa be sure to listen to part two of Health Unwrapped where I'll rejoin the ladies to bust some of the myths you might have heard about how to look after your gut health. Be sure to subscribe via your favourite podcast app to stay up to date on BioGlan's commitment to your wellness. You can also listen back to Series 1 of Health and & Rat, and we'd love you to leave us a review. To find out more about our products, follow us on Instagram at BioGlan Supplements, on Facebook at BioGlan UK, or visit BioGlan.co.uk. 